Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore. I'm the Director of Communications at the National Cannabis Industry Association. And today I've got my colleague, Michelle Rutter-Freeberg, the Deputy Director of Government Relations on the show with me today with lots to talk about. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thanks so much, Bethany. Great to be back. Great. So it it has been a while since we've had you on the show, and it has certainly been a busy year. Um, as we speak, it is now August recess, as it is known in Washington, D.C. Um, so uh, let's take a breather uh, with Congress here to, <laughs> to cover some of the developments that we have seen in Congress since the beginning of the year here. So Where to begin, Michelle? Yeah, there's definitely been a lot going on. Like you said, definitely happy to uh, be catching my breath for uh, at least a minute over August recess. But there's been a ton of action here in Washington, D.C. on cannabis. There's been uh, a hearing held recently, a bill actually passed out of the House and is expected to make it to the president's desk soon. We saw the uh, finally the formal introduction of the Cannabis Administration and Opportunity Act. So like you said, no shortage of things to talk about. Right. Yeah. And and it does seem like things are starting to feel somewhat back to normal, whatever the hell normal means. But um, we had to adjust and pivot uh, as an organization in many ways, as, as many people did, you know, all over the world. Um, so, for example, we hosted some virtual lobby days events earlier in the year with our evergreen members as well. Um, So I'm sure that was different when we're used to going in person onto the Hill and going and sitting with congressional staffers in a meeting, having to do everything virtually uh, was just something that we had to do. And it was the protocols um so let's let's talk about how those virtual events went for you what was what were they like Sure. And, you know, Bethany, you're exactly right. You know, it's been a very big, uh, I guess, transition, I should say. You know, it's been two and a half years, but, you know, it's just lobbying is so much. uh, There's so much of of a social and and, and a personal connection that comes with it. So like you said, having to pivot and do that all through a screen has definitely, like you said, been an adjustment. But it's one that we have certainly uh, tried our best to do. So like you said, we did two virtual lobby days, actually so far this year, like you mentioned, those are for our Evergreen members and everyone listening should go become an Evergreen member and go on our website so that they can uh, participate in those moving forward. But they were really, really wonderful. You know, in our first one that we held early in the year, we actually ended up getting Senator Booker and Senator Merkley themselves on the Zoom with us and with some of our members. So that was really exciting for them to get to talk with the senators themselves, Uh, you know, and always nice to see them take time out of their busy schedule to talk to our members and actually hear their concerns. But again, just really goes to show that, you know, uh, uh, when you're participating in whether it's virtual lobby days or, you know, our in-person lobby days, which are coming up, I know we're going to 
talk about. Um, you know, your voice really is heard and it, and it just goes to show why these events are so important, why uh, uh, civic engagement is so important. You know, people always say to me, you know, what can I do, Michelle? And, and it's, you know, it doesn't end at lobby days, right? You have local and state governments that you can be in touch with. But um, overall, you know, I think they were fantastic events. I know that our uh, Evergreen members that participated um, came away feeling like they had a positive experience and, and felt good to, um, like we said, just talk to uh, elected officials and, and let them hear their point of view. So like I said, um, there are some other ways to get involved uh, here in the coming months, uh, but we're really excited about all that. Yeah, how cool that like Senator Booker and Merkley showed up in person. I, it, it's true um, from from my experience attending lobby days in the past. It's it's often their staffers that you're meeting with first because the member of Congress may be, you know, in the chambers voting on something. So they're they're very busy <laughs> as well. So you don't often get to meet the the member of Congress um, in person. So that's very cool to hear that that those in those members uh, showed up themselves to those meetings, um, and we. We made a little, I did some interviews with some of those evergreen members who participated in those virtual Lobby Days events. Um, and and I made uh, a little video with some of their responses, uh, summarizing their experiences. So if anybody wants to explore that, uh, just search for virtual Lobby Days on NCIA's website. Uh, or our YouTube channel, and you can check out what they were saying uh, and the impact it had on those on those NCIA members as well to to get their points across, to be heard, uh, to to stand up and have their voices heard for Main Street cannabis issues and values as well. So, um, as as you mentioned, our in person lobby days is finally coming back. Uh, it's it's been since was it May of 2019 when we hosted our last in person lobby days? That is wild that it's been <laughs> so long. <laughs> Um, yeah, but, no, I know. I can't believe it either. It has been a long time coming. You know, time is so weird these days. You know, it's like <laughs> it either feels like it's been two years or two weeks and sometimes it just goes back and forth. But we are excited that uh, we are going to be back in person for Lobby Days this September, uh, September 13th and 14th. We're going to have our members fly out to Washington. I think it's definitely going to be a more intimate group. So excited uh, for the participants of that to sort of have a different experience. But everyone's going to come out to DC for those two days, September 13th and 14th. We're going to set everyone loose on Capitol Hill, let them talk about the issues that are impacting and affecting their businesses every day, whether that be banking, whether that's 280E, whether it's talking about how tax rates are too high, whether it's talking about better integrating uh, legacy operators into their markets, you know, whatever that is, we're going to uh, make it real easy for them. We're going to do some trainings beforehand, make sure everybody feels prepared. We're going to have talking points for you so that you're armed with all the information that you need. And like, like I sort of mentioned earlier, it's going to be a little different. Technically, uh, the Capitol and the uh, office buildings are still closed to the public. So you do right. have to have a staff member come and let you in. And so it's a little bit different than people are used to. But like I said, I think it's going to be a great event. It's going to be an intimate event. And I think it's going to be absolutely fantastic. So this is our only event that is open to NCIA members only. So you'll want to make sure that if this is something you're interested in participating in, that your members 
membership is up to date, but really looking forward to having everybody come out uh, to DC again. Like you said, it's been a long time. I'm excited to see everyone's faces, even if maybe there's there's some masks on. That's understandable. Um, but really, really looking forward to uh, that for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's it's a great event. This is technically our or officially our tenth annual can cannabis industry lobby days and. Uh, you and I both started working at NCIA in 2014. So I think this is my seventh one in person. I think, again, time is jiggly. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> it is my time favorite. Time is jiggly. I like that. I'm going to start using that. Yeah. <laughs> time is jiggly. Uh, one of my best friends said it last year and it, it just kind of <laughs> stuck. Um, so uh yeah it's one of my favorite things ncia does it's always exciting uh to go just have your voice heard to feel like you're you're affecting change um and you did mention it's probably going to be a smaller crowd uh for a variety of reasons but uh in the past you know every year it would grow larger and larger and larger mm -hmm. and i think we got up to like 250 one year yeah, yeah. so lining Hard everybody to imagine that now yeah. <laughs> yeah uh lining everybody up on the capitol steps for the class photo was yeah. uh was quite an interesting exercise <laughs> that's a nice way of putting it bethany i know it was an interesting exercise for you certainly <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah i'm so looking forward to coming back uh in september it's the 13th and 14th uh, so NCIA members who have not yet registered, please do so now. Uh, so the GR team, Michelle and Michael, uh, can do all the work behind the scenes to set you up with teams and set up your meetings. There's a lot that goes on in advance before lobby days. Uh, so go ahead and register so that we can get things moving. And we're going to go ahead and take our first commercial break, and then we're going to come back and we're going to take a deeper dive into some of the legislation that you mentioned earlier and break that down. So everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Hopefully this is the last time you'll hear this ad, because with Chime checking account features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe, and getting paid up to two days early with direct deposit, you can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade to spend more time listening to your favorite podcasts, or at least grab yourself an extra morning latte this month. Join millions of Chime members who work on their financial progress with fee-free overdraft and no monthly fees. When you find new ways to save, you can reach your financial goals easier and still have the occasional treat. Take more control of your finances and say goodbye to monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals 24. That's chime.com slash goals 24. Chime. Feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA, members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com slash disclosures for details. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. 
All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, and I'm talking with my colleague, Michelle Rutter-Freeberg, Deputy Director of Government Relations. And we were just swooning about how awesome Lobby Days is. Uh, So hopefully NCIA members are hopping on the website right now and registering. Uh, But let's go ahead and talk about some of that excitement in Congress for advancing all this cannabis policy. Uh, Let's start with the research bill. That was an interesting one. Didn't see that coming. Uh, The Cannabidiol and Marijuana Research Expansion Act. This one moved pretty quickly through both houses from what I can tell. Is that right? And, And what can we really expect from this? Yeah, no, Bethany, you're definitely right. It had a little bit of a lull, uh, this piece of legislation earlier in the year, but then came back quickly with a vengeance, uh, ready to pass both chambers, like you said. So the House and Senate both had their own version of this bill, um, and it was passed in March and April. Um, I believe the Senate was in March and the House was in April. And then the uh, uh, the sponsors of those bills uh, in both the House and the Senate had to get together and sort of talk about, you know, the differences that were in there and negotiate, you know, a compromise piece of legislation. So that is what this bill that they ended up working on together and spit out that just passed out of the house is so um this bill it is just a research bill it passed out of the house i guess about a week or so ago now um and it passed out by strong margin 325 to 95 all 95 who voted against it were republicans um and now that bill is expected to just 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 an aside um uh that bill is expected to go back over to the senate again since this is the negotiated version they got to vote on it again and then where it is expected to pass easily and we'll go to the president's desk uh, for his signature, which he is expected to give it and will become law. So it's going to be the first uh, or is expected, I should say, to be the first pro cannabis piece of legislation to ever be signed um, into federal law, at least in modern history, certainly. Uh, so really exciting for a lot of reasons. Um, you know, the, the bill is just a research bill. It's making it easier for researchers to do that work. It's protecting places like universities and other institutions that want to do research on cannabis, right, but are deterred because of its Schedule 1 status and how difficult it is to study it. So um, it's going to have an implication on those uh, individuals. And, you know, I certainly can't wait to see what what research comes out of it. But I will say one of the things that ended up changing in the bill was this provision about where researchers can actually get the cannabis that they're studying, right? So currently, there is only one place in the United States that grows cannabis for the federal government and for all studies that are done on cannabis, and that is Ole Miss down in, of course, Mississippi, duh. Uh, and the thing about that cannabis, though, is frankly, it's not good. It's, you know, maybe 5% THC, which isn't to say it's all about potency, but it's not really indicative of what it actually is that consumers are purchasing purchasing in dispensaries. So the House bill initially had said uh, would have allowed for researchers to do their studies on cannabis purchased at dispensaries, right? Which sort of seems like a no brainer, like, duh, you know, you want the the studies to actually be done on the stuff that you're buying. But unfortunately, when they were doing those negotiations and and working out a compromise of the House and Senate version, that was not one that made it in. I heard that Senator Grassley, who is 
uh, in his late 80s, I believe. He's from Iowa. He's one of the longest uh, uh, members of the Senate. But uh, he's one of the sponsors of that bill, and that was just a non-starter for him. So unfortunately, mm. researchers will still have to get that cannabis from Ole Miss. But you know what? It's a step in the right direction. It it's historic. We're excited. There's a lot, lot, lot more to do. Like, you know, this research seems so, you know, like, a, you know, tw I mean, 20 years ago would be generous. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, this research, is, it should be, you know, done on everything, frankly. So uh, uh, while it's a big step, it is a much needed one. But yeah, excited to see that hopefully get to the president's desk any day now. Wow. Yeah. Just just thinking about that cannabis legislation going to the president's desk for the first time. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. A big step. Love that. <laughs> um, too bad about the quality of the product researchers mm -hmm. being allowed to study, not really being on par with what consumers are getting in dispensaries, but um, moving along, there was also a hearing recently called decriminalizing cannabis at the federal level necessary steps to address past harms. Whoa, what a loaded sentence there. <laughs> There's a lot going on there. So that happened in the Senate Judiciary Committee's subcommittee on criminal justice and counterterrorism, which is also interesting to me. So maybe you can explain it a little bit. It's nice to see the Senate taking on this discussion, though. Um, so you tuned in and watched it all. What did you think of it? You know, it was a really exciting hearing. And like you said, Bethany, it's pretty rare that we have Senate hearings on cannabis. The last one that I can really remember that was solely about um, uh, marijuana was, I think, back in 2019 when they had a banking hearing, I believe. So it's been a long time. It doesn't happen often. So it was definitely exciting. Um, and it came right on the heels. And I know we're going to talk about the Cannabis Administration and Opportunity Act or KOA. Um, it came, but this hearing came right on the heels of that bill's introduction. So it was very, very timely, very topical, also timely and topical in a multitude of ways, but just thinking about the legislation here. Mm -hmm. But um, the hearing was, it was a very good hearing. There were three witnesses for the majority. So the Democrats, three, or excuse me, two for the minority. Uh, so the Republicans. And the one, a couple of takeaways, one was that, you know, it was just stunning a couple of times though, to be watching this. And some of the Republican senators and the witnesses that they called you know, just looking at the clock, like, is it 2022? Like, are we really still putting forward some of these tired uh, prohibitionist tropes? You know what I mean? Mm. I, I mean, one of the one of the Republican witnesses, it, his, he has a book out. Alex Berenson is the gentleman's name. And it's all about linking marijuana to psychosis and schizophrenia. Mm. I mean, are we not beyond that? So I guess that harkens back to why we need that research bill. Maybe maybe this guy can can read some of that once it comes out. Um, but, you know, that was one of the takeaways I had just like, wow, we are really just saying this stuff still. And, and, you know, it's, it's good though, to get a reminder, you know, of that is what we're up against. And, you know, it's certainly something that even for myself, you know, I talk to opponents of cannabis policy all the time as a lobbyist, but, you know, it's pretty rare to just, like I said, hear the quiet part out loud, you know, hearing a, a former uh, prosecutor saying, you know, we don't want legalization because it's going to be difficult for, for, you know, the court system to, to deal with it. I mean, are you kidding me? It's going to be hard. So don't do it. 
I mean, is that mm. really the best we have here? So that would, I could go on about that for a while, but, but I'll stop myself there. I think we, we get the point, but the other really interesting uh, takeaway that I had from the hearing was um, uh, came at the end of it when uh, Senator Booker was talking uh, and he actually brought up banking. And so some of the, our listeners might know, you know, in the past, Senator Booker has been you know, pretty frankly opposed to safe banking, you know, not as a concept, but I think strategically right. about moving that bill first before the introduction of KOA, which is his bill. Um, uh, but, you know, we really, really heard a softening from him at this hearing. And, you know, again, I don't know if that's just he's finally getting the message. I don't know if that is finally because his bill was introduced. Right. So maybe time for a little pivot. Uh, mm. But at the hearing, he ended up saying, you know, I, I think we might be creating a self-fulfilling prophecy here by which uh, uh, large companies usually owned by uh, white men are are fine. They've got banks, but where we are, uh, because we're not moving safe banking, are creating a situation in which uh, black and brown people, legacy operators, women uh, uh, and others are having trouble getting financing and, and you know, creating a, a business and, and cannabis. And so, uh, again, that, that's just sort of uh, skimming the surface of what he said, but was really, really interesting to see him sort of about face on this and really, really exciting for me. Yeah. That's really encouraging. Yeah. It, it, it was, it was always frustrating and confusing to me in the past when, when, when I saw Senator Booker, sh you know, shoot down safe banking. So really, <laughs> really positive developments there for sure. Um, so I want to talk about a couple other things. Uh, so let's take our last commercial break. Uh, and then we'll come back and dive into more about the KOA and and the latest on SAFE. So everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. 
All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. I'm talking with my colleague, Michelle Rutter-Freeberg from our Government Relations Department in Washington, D.C. We talked about the research bill. We talked about the Senate Judiciary Committee hearing. uh, And then uh, last but not least, really, is the KOA, the Cannabis Mm -hmm. Administrative and Opportunity Act, uh, which last year was introduced as a discussion draft and they asked for public comment. So NCIA provided 40 something pages, I believe, of feedback to the Senate on that. Um, So I'd like us to break down some of the changes from the discussion draft to the version that was actually introduced recently. What do we like about this bill, Michelle? Well, there's a lot of things to like about this bill, but it certainly, you know, has has a lot of edits, I think, that we would suggest. You know, we certainly are incredibly supportive of a ton of the restorative justice provisions that are included in the bill. There's um, a lot of language that was beefed up and strengthened around uh, the opportunity trust funds in that bill and uh, how that money can be used, when it can be used. So I uh, was really excited to see that. It was also exciting to see an expungement provision changed in the bill that um, actually uh, swaps it to an uh, automatic expungement, which, you know, I think is something that we're all incredibly supportive of here at NCAA, yeah, making sure definitely. that there's, uh, yeah, exactly. Making sure that there's, uh, less barriers to that. So there was some good stuff in there. You know, there was also, um, uh, some language around federal employee drug testing and, uh, about that. So that was interesting to see as well. Um, mm. but you know, the bill, it did, it did have a lot of substantive changes though, but again, not all of them were good necessarily. We were not thrilled to see the tax uh, rate included in the bill not be changed. It's incredibly, incredibly high. It's a sliding scale from 5 to 25% in federal taxes, which is just mm. absolutely uh, a, a death blow to smaller operators, especially. It's just something that would absolutely decimate the industry, frankly, would cause a ton more of consolidation. We're already seeing so much of that, but would certainly uh, encourage more of that just because who who has, I mean, on top of the state and local taxes, anybody who knows anything about cannabis can tell you, or frankly, business, you know, that's a, that's a big excise tax from the federal government. So that was not exactly exciting. And another tax thing that I didn't love seeing is that uh, um, the small, the smaller operators uh, tax credit is just that it's a tax credit. So you still have to pay everything up front to the federal government, but then you get a refund, you know, come tax mm. season, which is essentially giving, you know, a short term loan, 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 loan to the federal government. Um, and, and again, you can see how for a small, uh, smaller operators, small businesses that are already operating on razor thin margins, how that would be really difficult. So we're excited to continue to work with the sponsoring offices on the bill. You know, frankly, um, this is going to be a long discussion. You know, the bill just came out, which is mm-hmm. wonderful. We're excited to see it introduced. But frankly, it does not have a pathway to passage, uh, at least not this Congress. Uh, we don't even there's not even 50 votes of support for this bill. I don't think much less 60, which is, you know, the threshold that you need to to reach uh, in order to, to bypass the filibuster. So, um, you know, unfortunately, this bill just doesn't have those votes. But again, I think it's a really good starting point. I think that it gives us a lot to work with in terms of uh, uh, doing work with the relevant committees, which is pretty much every committee because this bill is large and and touches on pretty much, you know, every aspect of, of, you know, governmental uh, reform and whatnot. So uh, I think it's a good starting point, but definitely a lot of work to be done. Right. Yeah, we we've 
we've come to know and understand that the Senate is is typically not very eager to uh, pass a lot of legislation. Um, and similar to, you know, the Safe Banking Act, while it is not passing and going into law, it is being introduced year after year after year. Mm. It gets better and better every year. The CAOA over in the Senate uh, may have a similar uh, fate mm-hmm. <laughs> um, where it's a, a symb- it's important to symbolically have this legislation happening in our halls of, of government, uh, but it's going to take a while to get it past the finish line. That'd be a fair assessment. I think that you hit the nail on the head there, Bethany. That's exactly right. Like I said, good starting point, good to sort of get that legislative history there. Uh, um, but, you know, like you said, a lot of work still to be done. So has a has a pathway ahead of it for sure. Yeah. Well, we have a lot to talk about at Lobby Days in September on September 13th and 14th uh, for our 10th annual Cannabis Industry Lobby Days. So I'm so excited, looking forward to going, as I mentioned earlier. Um, Thank you so much for taking some time to go through all this legislation for our listeners on the show today as well, Michelle. I appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you in person next month. Thanks so much, Bethany. Always great to be here. And like you said, looking forward to seeing everyone in D.C. in just six weeks or something like that. But can't wait. Thanks so much. Absolutely. And thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time. opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited. Ah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about, in your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. So your weekly grocery run can feel even more productive. And that morning coffee can taste like a little victory. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities to get lower rates on loans, like for a new ride or finally having a home to call your own. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime's Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details. Traffic jams, tailgating, pile-ups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. 
Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.